You're listening to the Save the Date podcast, where we talk all things weddings, jewellery and romance. With love from Cullen Jewellery. Hello and welcome back to the Save the Date podcast. I'm Sheridan. And I'm Juliet. And we are so happy you're here. Today, we're going to talk about something that I like to call the post-wedding blues. We are going to give you a major insight into what this actually is, why it happens, and what you can do to help ease any of those feelings of sadness or discomfort after your wedding day is over. As this is a more serious topic, we did want to preface this by saying that we are not qualified medical professionals and everything that we're saying and recommending is based on our own experiences and research. If you do need professional support or mental health help, please check the show notes as we'll have some resources in there for you. So without further ado, let's get straight into it. So what are the post-wedding blues and why does it happen? So basically, post-wedding blues are just feeling really sad, I guess, after the wedding day is over and almost mourning it and feeling, I guess, a little bit of grief over it as well. What I think is important to note is that it doesn't mean that you didn't enjoy the day looking back on it. You most likely had one of the most amazing days of your life and that is why you're kind of sad now that it is over. Yeah, and I guess it's such a significant event in most people's lives that it's yeah it's almost this massive build-up and you've got all these like expectations and (laughs) you're so excited for it and you peak and you get this (laughs) really big high and then I suppose after that you know you it's done I suppose it's very normal to then feel a bit yeah, I guess like there's something missing or there's, you know, something's not there anymore. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And this is, it's important to note, I guess, that this is really common after not just a wedding, but after any big meaningful experience or life event, especially one that you have been looking forward to for a long time. So this could be something like a holiday. It could be a concert. I know Juliet and I (laughs) both went to the Taylor Swift Eras Tour and I know I am definitely feeling some post-concert depression yeah. afterwards, um, which is, I guess, what prompted me or us to kind of bring this into the episode today because I remember feeling this a lot straight after my wedding and, yeah, feeling it again after the concert just kind of brought back all of those memories. Um But yeah, it is very common. It's very normal. A lot of people feel it. So if you are kind of in that stage right now, definitely don't feel alone because you're not the only one going through this. Yeah. And I think as well, there's that element of you've spent so much time on your wedding, um, which I suppose, again, if you want to use other examples as well, like people may have been spending a lot of their spare time making an outfit for a concert (laughs) or whatever your situation may be it's almost like you may feel like you've got all this extra spare time now and it's like what do I do and I guess maybe that feeling of a little bit of loneliness may start to creep in or that yeah you kind of don't know where to go or you're a bit directionless of like what do I do now and these are all very normal natural feelings after something like this. Yeah. And also getting married, it signals a like start of a new chapter in your life. And even though you kind of know that it's coming, it can still feel scary once you're actually in it. It's like 
you know, if you um, have a career change that you've been really excited for, it can feel super scary walking into your first day at that new job, even though it's what you wanted. It's still just like a scary and it's kind of unknown territory going into a marriage. Like you think about your wedding and it's this big party and then the party's over and now the actual marriage begins. Yeah. The other thing I want to add to that as well with, I guess, a big life change that I guess is probably something more common with females is also changing your last name. And I know these days it's very common to still keep your own last name or even hyphenate, um, you obviously don't need to change your name at all. Um, But yeah, a lot of people still choose to do it because they want the same last name as their partner or they want the same last name eventually as their children. So they change it. And I suppose for us as women, it really, I guess, it's almost like you're losing your identity. I can see how those feelings could up could come up. I mean, I'm not married myself, but <laughs> I could see how those feelings, you know, it could bring up feelings of like losing your identity and like you've had this same name. People know you by this name and now you're switching. And at the end of the day, it is just a name. But at the same time, <laughs> I suppose there's that loss of identity almost. Yeah, 100 percent. That's actually something that I'd forgotten about. And definitely when you get married and then you've got to go through the, or if you're wanting to go through the name changing process, it can be like just a bit strange. And even still like almost a year later for me, I'm like, I'll get a letter in the mail that has my new name <laughs> on it. And I'm like, I just use this. <laughs> yeah. It's, there's like a little bit of a disconnect at first between like your old name and your new name. And it's like, who is this person? Like, mm. <laughs> You're still you, but yeah. yeah. It's everything's, yeah, I suppose a little different. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess, I mean, some people may choose to not change their name. Um, it's all comes down to personal preference. But yeah, for, for those of you who do decide to change, I can see those feelings again, very common, very yeah. normal. Yeah. So some of the signs of, I guess, post-wedding blues, um, Juliet touched on a few of them before, but they can include boredom, lethargy, loneliness and isolation, also a lack of pleasure. Sometimes things can just feel uncomfortable, even with your partner, things can just get a little bit kind of strange. Um, And another one that is very normal is having some slight doubts about the person that you're married it doesn't actually mean that you're doubting that you've married them and that you know you've made the wrong decision but it is a big thing to be marrying someone so it's very normal to kind of sit back after the wedding and go oh my goodness I hope I married the right person (laughs) yeah and it yeah I suppose it's just kind of almost like these feelings of like it's finalized it's official (laughs) even though nothing has actually changed yeah it's still I guess yeah you could I could see how it could bring up those feelings where yeah yeah, it's not necessarily that you actually regret anything or you're unhappy it's more I guess just the feeling of change which I think is a to humans the feeling of change does kind of bring up almost fear in a way yeah. or it's and like anxiety yes it makes you feel uncomfortable which is just a natural human response um is it it triggers like the fight or flight or fight I think or something like that I don't yeah, know probably I can't remember. something like that <laughs> <laughs> yes I can't remember what it is but I know it is I have heard that it's that's a thing yeah where it's just yeah the feeling of change 
So we're going to move on to now. We know what it is. We know kind of what it feels like. Um, now we have some tips on what you can do to actually deal with it, um, both kind of before the wedding, on the wedding day, and then after after the wedding has happened. Um, so the first thing that we'll touch on is during the wedding planning process, just some things that you can do, um, I guess, to help alleviate and hopefully um, have those post-wedding blues not be so bad. The first one is to be really mindful when you're planning your wedding to avoid comparing what your wedding is going to be to what other people's weddings are. Um, whether it's, you know, a family member or a friend's wedding or someone on social media, just try to avoid thinking about, you know, your wedding versus theirs because it's not a competition on who has a better wedding. It's not about that. Um, it's about planning the day that you and your partner really want to have. Yeah. And I think even post wedding, that's something important yes. to keep in mind in going into the future as well. And I feel like maybe this could be a really big thing, maybe in that first year of marriage where it's still, everything's still quite fresh. And um, I feel like a lot of couples, when they're getting married, a lot of their friends are also at that same point in life where they're also getting married. So you have a lot of weddings during <laughs> that season of life. Um, and yeah, so even after you've had yours is not looking back and be like, oh, like this person's wedding was so much better than mine was, you know. It, again, it's not, yeah, about yeah. I, whose is better. Or I not. think as well, something I guess to note about that is that when you're at someone's wedding, it's a very different experience from when you're at your own wedding. Um, I know a lot of people that will speak to their friends after their wedding and their friends are all like, oh my God, we had such a great time. And you're like, I didn't spend any time with you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's another thing to think about when you're looking at you know, a friend or family member's wedding compared to your own is that the experience of a guest versus the experience of you as, you know, the person getting married is worlds apart. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. Because, yeah, I feel like it's just a completely different view of the yeah. day <laughs> when it's yours compared to being a guest. Yeah. Um, and obviously there's a lot more responsibility when it's your own, <laughs> when you're the one hosting. So, yeah, you really do – it's a completely different experience – when you're the one getting married and then versus being a guest at someone else's. Yeah. Yeah. I would have loved to like go back in time and be a guest at my own yeah. wedding. <laughs> How fun would that be? Yeah. I think <laughs> it would be so good. Cause yeah, obviously you are kind of still thinking about things that could go wrong on the mm. day or things that maybe didn't go perfectly to plan earlier in the day or anything like mm. that. So it would yeah, be so cool <laughs> <laughs> to, to be go your, back your and own see guest. That. <laughs> Uh, the next point on our list that you kind of want to keep in mind um, beforehand is to recognize that your wedding isn't the same as marriage um, and have an open discussion with your partner about how you want your marriage to be and like maybe some of your expectations. And I mean, I feel like maybe couples who have been living together already have their kind of routine of daily life and what that looks like but maybe you're someone who hasn't really lived with your partner um beforehand and yeah that it's a good idea to have that discussion with them and be like you know who's doing what around the house or yeah this is like you want to once or twice a week you want to you know spend quality time with each other that that's like scheduled in so you know that's going to happen yeah that kind of stuff yeah that's a really good one 
Um, the next point that we also have is to plan your honeymoon for a few weeks after your wedding. Um, the reason for this is because it gives you something to still look forward to after the wedding is over. So like we sort of mentioned earlier, you can get kind of these um, post-event blues after like a concert or a holiday so if you are going straight from your wedding to your honeymoon you're kind of then you come back and you just have to go back to work it's kind of like both of those blues are combined um, and it might just make things kind of feel a little bit worse so if in the wedding planning process you're feeling like I'm gonna have a complete come down after this wedding I would definitely say just plan for your honeymoon to be a little bit after your wedding. So you've got that time straight after to sit in the feelings of your wedding being over, to kind of settle into your marriage a little bit and then still have that thing to look forward to of your honeymoon. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Another really great tip is to do couples counselling in the lead up to your wedding as well as continue that after the wedding. And I feel like there's this stigma around counselling that you only need it if you've got serious issues and sometimes it's just a really safe space to bring up discussions with your partner that you normally wouldn't have a chance to do with your I guess daily busy life Um, and this can really I guess help bring up those conversations if you're feeling you know these post-wedding blues or you're feeling a little down it's like how can you communicate that with your partner so that they can support you with those feelings. And who knows, they might be feeling the same way. And it's like together you can be sad. (laughs) (laughs) Together you can work through those feelings and maybe plan other things to help you get through that. Yeah. And also like if you're going to a professional, they're going to be able to give you like actionable steps to be able to work through it together rather than just like sitting down and having a conversation with your partner, but kind of not really coming to a resolution. Um, Yeah. Going to a professional, they're going to help guide you through that so that you actually can come out the other side better. Yes. Yeah. Actionable. Yeah. Points. All right. Let's move on to your wedding day. What can you do on your wedding day to help this? Tell us. So... (laughs) The main thing that I would say for you to do on your wedding day is to really prioritize the things that are important to you. So whether this is spending literally the whole day like linked arm in arm with your spouse so that you don't ever feel like you didn't spend enough time with them or it might be literally breaking up for the night and not breaking up, (laughs) (laughs) not spending the night together and mingling with your guests so that you do kind of have that more party experience with your friends. Um, Like either way is literally fine, but yeah, definitely have that discussion together and make sure you prioritize what is most important to you. I saw a TikTok not too long ago of a bride and groom and in their speech or in the groom's speech, he pretty much said straight out to all of their guests that we will not be doing the rounds tonight. Like we want to spend as much time together as we possibly can because all we hear from other couples is that they didn't spend enough time with their partner. They said, we're not going to go and speak to any of you. If you want to speak to us, absolutely come up. We'd love to speak to you, but you're going to have to make that move because Mm. we just want to be together. And I think that's really beautiful. Like setting that boundary for your guests that please don't expect us to come up to you to make conversation, to come over and dance because we just want to be together. Yeah. I think that's really sweet. 
But yeah, again, it's all about personal preference yeah. and what you want during yeah your wedding and your day if yeah. you want to spend as much time as possible together with your partner. Yeah, even if like you want to leave the reception early, like leave the reception <laughs> early or, you know, if you want to find a quiet place or if you want to be in the middle of the dance floor, it doesn't matter what you it is that you want to do. Just make sure that what you're spending your wedding night doing is what you have always wanted to. Yeah. And I think as well um, as another point is also trying to, I guess, see the bigger picture and not stress too much on the day about any little things that go Mm -hmm. wrong um, because it's easy for those little things then to like to stew on them later on and be like, oh, like that didn't go to plan. Like I'm so annoyed. And then that can just brew later on post-wedding. So yeah, like on the day, just be really kind of open-minded and just, you know, people will still enjoy themselves even if little things do go wrong throughout Mm -hmm. the day. Just try to keep enjoying yourself (laughs) and, you know, it is what it is. Like if things do go wrong, it's not the end of the world and don't let that get to you later and have the thoughts that like, oh, if this didn't happen, it would have been perfect. Like, no, <laughs> it was perfect. Trust yeah. Me. <laughs> I think on that note as well, if there's something that's like not how you envisioned it or not how you planned and there's an opportunity to speak to somebody and kind of ask the question, can this be changed? It's not what I had in mind. Ask the question because if you don't ask that question, you're kind of always going to be wondering if it could have been different. Um, like as an example, our, on my wedding day, the way that they had the reception laid out was like almost perfect, but I had expected the tables to be like joined in, I guess, a bit of a U shape. Um, and they weren't joined together. It was just like the head table and then two Mm. guest tables. And I noticed it as soon as I walked in, like on the day of the wedding before, the ceremony and everything. And I was like, oh, whatever, like it's fine. And then literally (laughs) the next day and ever since I've been like, why did I not just say, hey, just wondering like, is it possible to move the tables to be like this? It's more what I had in mind. Yeah. So like if there is something like that, that you can just ask the question, there's still plenty of time for things to be changed. Mm. Ask the question. And if it can't be changed at that point, then at least, you know, you asked. You tried, yeah. Yeah. Okay, now let's take a look at things post-wedding. So what are some tips and tricks that could help you prevent post-wedding blues after the wedding? So the first thing that I would say is to try and take up a new hobby with your partner that can kind of replace some of the time that you spent wedding planning. So a lot of the times we'll say, oh, I don't have time to do this or I don't have time to do that with my partner. You know, we're busy doing other things. But if you think about all of the time that you did spend, you know, planning your wedding in the past 12 or 18, six months, however long you were in the planning process for, the chances are, you know, you do have a little bit of time each week that you can set aside to do something with your partner. Um, So, yeah, I kind of like to call this switching the obsession because Mm -hmm. in the lead up to wedding planning, you are kind of obsessing over planning your wedding. So, after the wedding's over, try and find something new that the two of you can kind of obsess over together whether it's like going dancing if you really enjoyed you know learning your wedding your first dance keep going ballroom dancing like Mm. just because you only did it for one night doesn't mean you have to stop now um you know might be playing a sport or 
I don't know, literally anything. <laughs> mm. And I, in general, I feel like it's a really sweet way to kind of start off your married life where you're, yeah, spending this really kind of quality time together, um, making that extra effort while doing something fun. It kind of, I guess, helps bring you closer together to do something you normally wouldn't be doing. Yeah. I think it's really sweet. This next one that we have is to make plans to look forward to. So these don't always have to be like a really big extravagant thing. Um, It might just be, you know, a date night, a movie night, um, just anything that can kind of keep you excited for with your partner. And I guess a good method for this is the 222 method. And basically all it is, is that every two weeks you'll have a date night and that could literally just be like cooking a really nice meal, setting out candles on the dinner table, putting the phones away and, you know, eating a meal together. Or it might be something, you know, a little bit more fancy, Mm -hmm. going out, going to the movies, anything like that. Every um, two months you'll spend a weekend away or a night away, um, just to kind of get yourselves out of the normal routine. Even if it's a staycation. A staycation. Also cute. Yeah, it doesn't have to be like far away. It could yeah, literally just be going 10 minutes down the road mm. and staying at a little resort. Yeah. And then every two years to take a week-long vacation or holiday. Um, so this just kind of always keeps you having something yeah, to look forward to mm. that you're excited about. Yeah, and again, also having that kind of quality time locked in. Yeah. So it's, I feel like in general, it's just like a nice kind of routine and habit to get into that, you know, you're guaranteed, you're setting that time, you know, uh, to be with your partner every two weeks with the, you know, the every the date nights at least. Um, so, yeah, I think it's yeah. a really nice habit to as a newlywed couple. Yeah, it can be really easy to just fall into a routine of just like hanging out at home with your phones, with the TV on, or like, you know, separating when you both come home from work and he's playing his games and you're in the room reading or Mm. watching maths or... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, just like taking that time regularly and planning it out in your calendars that, you know, this day, every two weeks, we're going to have a night together. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think linking onto that is also um, making the small things special and making time for the small things. Um, it can sometimes be that kind of daily effort into those small things that end up being the most meaningful and exciting. So greeting your partner when they come home from work, um, yeah, being really present and putting your phones away during a mealtime, um, sitting down with them maybe 10 minutes a day or 10 minutes after dinner and just kind of talking to each other about what happened throughout the day and just, yeah, really making time for those little moments Um, because, yeah, again, I feel like it's very easy to slip into a routine that doesn't include that stuff Yeah. when overall, like, they're the little things that kind of really bring you guys together. And, yeah, it's definitely those small things that really make the biggest difference long-term as well. So, like, if you think about um, getting home from work, your partner is sat on the couch on their phone watching TV and they kind of just go, oh, hey. Mm. And that's, like, all the greeting that you get versus you come home, they put the phone down, they come over, they give you a cuddle, 
say, how was your day? Like that in the long term is going to make a huge difference because for six months or so, you might be like, yeah, whatever. Like it doesn't matter that they're not really greeting me when I get home. But then like five years down the line, if you're still not getting that, Mm. like, yeah. Yeah. That's when it can kind of become a problem. Yes. And sometimes like those little habits then form into bigger habits (laughs) and yeah it just as the years go on can then slowly turn into an even more pronounced version of that and it just you know then you end up feeling really disconnected from each other yeah yeah so definitely put the effort into the small things make them special Mm. and I suppose as well just to bring it back to (laughs) the post-wedding blues (laughs) I feel like those little small acts of kindness and acts of effort can then also really help um, to make you feel like, oh, my partner's here for me. Yes. And that, yeah, it's like we weren't just planning this big wedding together and now it's over. It's like, no, this is like cute. Yeah. We're married. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the next thing that I would say is to take some time to look through your wedding photos, get some printed, put them around the house so that you can reminisce on the day. But something to, I guess, be mindful of with this is to try not to spend all of your time like just looking at your photos and videos from the wedding Um, because that's when it can kind of get a bit depressing when like all you're doing all day is looking back at photos from another time. Um, Make sure that you do try and stay present in the moment as well, which is Mm. also where kind of those smaller acts of um, love, I guess, make all the difference too um yeah yeah and yeah having the photos on the wall can be like a nice way to remember it on a daily basis without sitting down and just obsessing over I guess yeah you know the day and it being in the past whereas like if you have a really nice photo um as soon as you walk in the door every day it's like oh, oh yeah look at us <laughs> and, and then like okay <laughs> Let's keep going. Yeah, it can be like a little reminder as well. Like I'm thinking of maths again, but you know how, um, I don't know how many of you watch maths. Do you watch maths? No. Oh, so (laughs) they get married and then they go away for like a week or however long on their honeymoon. And then when they come back, they move into a house together and always like sitting on the bedside table or somewhere in the house is Mm. a wedding photo. So, and it always happens every single couple, whether they've had like an amazing honeymoon or a not so great honeymoon, they come home into their new home. They see this photo of their wedding day and then they reminisce on the day and it makes them feel better. Mm. So yeah, if you've got that photo kind of in your house all the time that you look at every day, it's just like that little reminder of like, oh my gosh, like we had such a great day. And then that can prompt those conversations of, you know, Mm. Let's talk about our marriage. Like, yeah. we're married. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. In, a, like, a really healthy way, though. Yeah. I feel like that yes. kind of helps. So, all right. Let's move on to some more general tips and, yeah, just a more general discussion yeah. about it all. Um, oh, go ahead. Yeah. So, the first thing that I would say here is that if you're noticing that these feelings of sadness are lasting for kind of a very long time, um, definitely – don't be ashamed to seek help from a professional. That's what they're there for. Like you were kind of saying before, Juliet, there is a little bit of like a stigma around going and seeing like a psychologist or a counsellor about your mental health. But 
I think the best way to look at your mental health is in the same way as you look at physical health. So you would never like judge somebody for saying, oh yeah, I go and see like a PT every week and I go to the gym. But like, so why would you judge somebody or why would somebody judge you for doing that same thing for your mental health? Mm, Yeah. It's kind of like apples and apples. Yeah. You've got to have a healthy mental health relationship. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's like, don't have the mindset or it doesn't you don't need to have like a really big serious issue to go seek help for something like this like don't feel as though like your situation isn't uh, warranting professional help because you're like I'm just sad like these feelings are just sad because you know my wedding's over like if they're prolonged feelings like absolutely even in general like even if they're not prolonged like you don't need, you know, like you can go see, seek help and without it necessarily being, you know, a massive thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think something to, I guess, mention is that like there's always things that everybody can kind of improve on mm. regardless. So like even if you're feeling, yeah, pretty fine, but just a little bit sad still that the wedding's over or, um, you know, it's a week after the wedding and you're like really sad, just go and speak to somebody about Mm. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Another really good kind of practice you can get into is journaling, um, practicing gratitude and mindfulness. Those are all known methods or proven methods to, um, yeah, help or increase your mental health. Yeah, going for walks, listening to podcasts, favourite music, reading a book, sunshine, fresh air. These are all, yeah, really great things you can do to make yourself feel better. Yeah. And then something else as well is to try and, I guess, switch your mindset from feeling like sad that it's over to feeling like happy and grateful that it happened. Like you said, practising gratitude um, is such a like easy I guess way to switch your mindset from being like yeah sad to feeling more happy about things Mm. um and then something else that I have kind of seen around a little bit lately and did a bit of research into is there is a neuroscientist her name is Dr Jill Bolte Taylor she is um a Harvard trained neuroscientist and basically what she found in her research is that emotions only actually last 90 seconds in the brain and that can like seem like not a lot of time at all for like a feeling of sadness or happiness any emotion to only last 90 seconds but basically after that um is this might come across as like I guess kind of silly, but after that 90 seconds, it's basically if you're still feeling that same emotion, you're choosing to stay in that state of mind. So I'll read you a little excerpt from from, um, her book, which is called My Stroke of Insight, A Brain Scientist's Personal Journey. Um, So it reads, when a person has a reaction to something in their environment, there's a 90 second chemical process that happens in the body. After that, any remaining emotional response is just the person choosing to stay in that emotional loop. Something happens in the external world and chemicals are flushed through your body, which puts it on full alert. 
For those chemicals to totally flush out of the body, it takes less than 90 seconds. This means that for 90 seconds, you can watch the process happening, you can feel it happening, and then you can watch it go away. After that, if you continue to feel anger, fear, and so on, you need to look at the thoughts that you're thinking that are re-stimulating the circuitry that's resulting in you having this physiological response over and over again. So basically what that is saying is that, yes, something happens and you feel that feeling, but if you continue to feel that over and over, it's your thoughts that are triggering that kind of emotional response. Mm. So it's kind of important to note that you can change your thoughts to be something more positive. Mm. As soon as you kind of feel this feeling come back, try and switch that thought to be something else. And I guess that's where even like therapy and stuff comes into it and uh, maybe, yeah, gratitude and all that kind of stuff because then that stuff is, I guess, or this is how I see it. I'm, again, I'm not a professional or yeah. anything. That you're through therapy and gratitude, you're training your thoughts yes. to then not think that way. Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah. especially like if you have thought a certain way about a certain thing for a long time, you have to yeah retrain your brain to think yeah. differently. Yeah. Um, and get to the root and of get what's to, causing that thought yes. process. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like you have had that thought probably thousands and thousands of times. So it's not going to be, you know, a one day thing where you switch that thought over and all Mm. of a sudden you're never going to feel that emotion because of that thing again. Yeah. It's the repetition and that's why, um, it's important. Yeah. To either go to therapy or practice these mindfulness kind of, um, things regularly, not just as a once off. Mm. Um, and yeah, that's what's kind of in the long term, this isn't like a quick one day switch. Mm, no. It's a long term change that <laughs> just think differently. Oh, just think okay, differently. All my yeah. problems are solved. <laughs> yeah, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. yeah, I think that's important to kind of just bear in mind as well is that Yes, if you're feeling this way for a long time, absolutely go and seek professional help. But there are kind of little small changes that you can do every day that might help to alleviate it as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously if there's more of a serious issue, um, that also then goes on to, you know, something else and actually being diagnosed with something. Because that's always the possibility too, um, you know, with this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. This is just a reminder that if you do need professional support or mental health help, we will have some resources in the show notes. So definitely go and check them out. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Save the Date podcast. We hope you learned something new. And if you're currently planning your wedding, congratulations, good luck and have fun. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you follow or subscribe and leave us a review wherever it is that you're listening. Make sure to come and connect with us on our socials at the Save the Date podcast and join our Facebook group, the Save the Date community. We hope you have a wonderful day or night and we will be back with another episode next week. Bye. Bye.